Hey everybody, welcome back to Popcorn and Nerds. I am one of your hosts, Taylor D. Adams, and here is my baritone bestie, Mark Goins. Mark, how are you? Not too bad, not too bad. How about you? I'm doing great, man. It's uh, it's good to be back. We thought we were going to make this thing a weekly show, but then someone had to fly to North Dakota for work last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. The, the Great White North, or I guess that's Canada, so just the White North. That sounds that sounds really racist. <laughs> anyway, welcome back. Uh, glad you touched down uh, back here in Raleigh at a, a, at Scrapped HQ, where we're recording this podcast live. Not for you, but for us, it's live. Yes. Um, let's go ahead and uh, dive right into some things. Um, first of all, thank you guys for listening. Really appreciate it. I heard some really good feedback about the first podcast. Um, oh, that's nice because I didn't hear anything because I don't have access to that. <laughs> We had access. No, people just told me. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, we weren't. We don't. We don't have enough reviews yet. But okay. So if you guys could rate us on Apple Podcasts, that'd be extremely helpful. Just throw a little five star or a one. You know, I'm not going to force you to do anything you don't want to do. Um, write a review. Tell us how much you love us, or tell us how much we suck. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I did, I did have a friend tell me that he liked the podcast. He listened to it uh, through your website on Scrapped Productions. So very cool. Well, that's that's great. Thanks. So. Shout out to uh, that guy. That was Jim. Shout out to Jim. Keeping it real, man. Yeah. Uh, all right, Mark. Snack time. Snack time. What we got today? Uh, well, I brought a beer for myself uh, that I offered to share with you, which you have a sippy sip. Yeah, I figured just in tradition, I figured I just have a little sip. Uh, but I'm sipping on the Wicked Weed Bourbon Barrel Aged Milk and Cookies, uh, which is tasty, in my opinion. Uh, I love Bourbon Barrel stouts, anything, basically. Uh, why, is, why is it called milk and cookies though? Because it is a milk stout that is brewed with golden raisins, cinnamon, and vanilla. Man. So it's got lots of good things in there. And then snack-wise, uh, I called an audible football terms because of the sports thing. Hey, Super Bowl. Spoilers, uh, we will talk about the Super Bowl. <laughs> spo- spoilers, I didn't watch the Super Bowl at all. That's um, okay. But... Uh, yeah, my original snack that I was going to bring, I decided not to because one of my coworkers and friends, uh, Alyssa, decided to make me Half Moon Cookies, uh, which Half Moon Cookies hail from Utica, New York, uh, where me and my family also now You say hail, are from. like the first ever Half Moon Cookie was made in Utica, New yes, York. Yes, that's what, it's one of the things that Utica is known for, along with chicken riggies, uh, tomato pie, Greens, tomato pie, really, and there's one other thing. Wait, wait, wait. what? Did you say greens? Yeah, it's a special kind of like stewed green okay. mixture thing. All right, Not, they didn't come up with greens. Okay, but, like, y'all getting pretty cocky up yeah, there in right? Utica right now. And also tomato pie. To clarify, because I had this discussion with another coworker slash friend Courtney today, that tomato pie is not a pie with tomatoes in it, like apple pie is. It's a form of pizza, basically. The crust is uh, kind of doughier, puffier, and it's got like a tomato puree that's maybe slightly sweet on it, then sprinkled with grated Parmesan cheese, and it is so delicious. So it's a cheese pizza? No, because like the, it's not, the grated cheese isn't melted, but it is normally, it's just tomato pie. There's not any other toppings on it generally. Okay, cool. Well, but, uh, I guess I have to go to Utica pizza. at some point. Yes, we have good stuff, but... All Here's right, so a half moon. Out. Also, not to be confused with black and whites. Those are abominations. Oh, they look really good. What? They are. Shut your mouth. Half moons are the best. All right, here we go. They're really soft. Mm-hmm. They're pretty good. I dig it. 
Yeah, the ones I have, the ones in black and white, don't aren't a chocolate cookie. It's the like the vanilla cookie with the yeah chocolate and white icing on there. Well, it's also different kinds of icing. The half moon cookie is like a devil food type of cookie with fudgier like chocolate frosting, and then the vanilla frosting uh, is kind of like a whipped frosting almost, uh, but a little thicker than whipped frosting. And my coworker. I told her, I was like, hey, these are the best that I've had besides the actual Half Moon cookies. Because they're really hard to make. The only recipe that's been released is the official Hemstrauts Bakery recipe. But since it's that official recipe, it's for a batch of 2,000 cookies. <laughs> and so people have tried to scale that recipe back. Uh, and, you know, you can do fractions mathematically and all that stuff, scale it back. But it never comes out quite right just using a true scale down. Uh, so this is the closest thing I've had to those. So I gave her props to that because my mom and I tried to make these a couple years ago. And it didn't come out quite right. Um, so I was definitely impressed with these this morning. And I got a whole bucket of them on my desk for a late birthday present uh and it's been good so far so i'm just been fat and eating all of these uh because they've just been sitting at my desk and so it's hard well, to now they're here and we're gonna eat all of them probably yes um yeah okay so moving on just uh <laughs> what's coming up for the rest of the show um we're gonna talk about a little bit uh, some gaming stuff we're gonna talk about god of war trailer uh, some other stuff that you mentioned earlier. I'm drawing a blank. I'm recapping the whole thing. Let's do it. Uh, we're going to go into a brief review and a spoiler-filled review of the uh, Academy Award-nominated uh, The Big Sick, um, now available on Amazon Prime, uh, nominated for Best Original Screenplay, and I'm actually really excited about it. I'm really excited to talk about it. Um, so you guys should check it out, uh, even if you don't want to hear the review. Like, listen to this episode up until we start talking about it, then go watch it and then come back and listen to what we're talking about. Um, yeah, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, one quick thing I want to say before we get into our regular schedule program um, is I made a boo-boo last week, uh, <laughs> or last episode. I was talking about a new movie coming out from Duncan Jones called Mute, um, available on Netflix February 23rd. Uh, that is not the correction. That is actually coming out. But I said that Joel McHale was in the movie. Joel McHale is not in the movie. Um, it's this actor by the name of Justin Thoreau. Uh, I have no idea how I got these two mixed up because they're completely different actors and completely different <laughs> no, you types of material. Two different people are, are different actors? What? Stop. <laughs> but anyway, so that an actor by the name of Justin Thoreau uh, is in this new film from Duncan Jones called Mute. You guys should check it out. I'll go ahead and just the brief IMDb synopsis little guy is uh, a mute bartender. Get it? Mute. Like the title. A mute bartender goes up against the city's gangsters in an effort to find out what happened to his missing partner. Um, it looks really cool. It looks like a bit of an homage to Blade Runner um, as well as has some different humor in there. Um, I mean, you got Paul Rudd in there. You can't take Paul Rudd seriously. So <laughs> That's he true. He kind of looks like he's in there for comic relief. He has a glorious mustache in this trailer. So this says coming soon in theaters February 23rd. Okay. Is it going to be in both or is it going to be on Netflix? Netflix. Okay. That's what I've heard. It says it on the, on, the, on the poster. And so now also when it says his missing partner, are we being progressive here? Is this uh, like... Loved one partner? Is this we'll put, business we'll partner? To, we'll put a link to the trailer in the show notes below. Um, but it's it seems like a woman. So From the trailer? 
Yeah, from the trailer. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I'll let everyone's everyone make their judgment from there. Um, okay. So moving on with the show. Uh, just some brief things. Um, we tidbits. watched tidbits. Some tidbits, if you will. We watched the uh, the Jack Ryan trailer that came out this past week. Yeah. Um, it's if you guys aren't familiar with Jack Ryan, a character popularized by the author Tom Clancy and a bunch mm-hmm. of uh, military novels, uh, CIA spy stuff. Um, Lots that, of movies, also. Yes, yeah. Later adapted into movies. Um, so this is a, a series, an Amazon original series, about pretty much how Jack Ryan got started. Um, stars John uh, John Krasinski, which I'm very excited to see. Um, and that I is re- the correct actor. <laughs> and I really haven't, <laughs> I really haven't seen him in anything uh, since The Office. Also, something that came out this week. Uh, Coach Snoop. You guys are like, wait, what did you just say? I said Coach Snoop. A uh, new Netflix show started on uh, Friday. It's called Coach Snoop, and it's about... Can we say Coach Snoop one more time? Yeah, I just like saying it. It sounds cool. <laughs> like, wouldn't you want... If you played sports, wouldn't you... It'd be dope if Coach Snoop, Snoop Dogg, was your coach. And that's exactly what this is. Uh, it's about the Snoop Youth Football League, a football league founded over a decade ago by Snoop Dogg. Um, to just get inner city kids out of being in trouble and give them something to do playing sports. Um, it's really cool. It's, there, uh, it's on Netflix right now, half-hour episodes. You get a really good look into the inside li- uh, lives of the kids that are participating in this and also the influence that the coaches and Snoop Dogg himself have on the kids and their families. Episode 2 had me almost crying. Because oh, like, like, these kids, they don't have... You know, they're alive, but yeah, there's not a lot. There's not it's a not, lot going for them right now. Or they're like someone, someone in their family's been killed, or someone's going to prison, or someone has a drug habit. Yeah, the role models aren't there. Exactly. So he's trying to do that. There's, there's, there's one point. It's a mild spoiler, but there's one point where like Snoop like pretty much says, "Hey, tell your mom the next six months' rent. Don't worry about it." Like, that's a big deal. Yeah, it is. That's a huge deal. Um, so anyway, it's just really cool. And I saw Snoop Dogg. Like, who doesn't love who doesn't love Snoop Dogg, really? Um, so that's a lot of fun. You guys should check that out. Uh, so Mark isn't gonna gonna want to talk too much about this, but I'll get him to. You did not watch the Super Bowl, correct? I did not. Okay, you don't watch any Super Bowls, correct? Uh no, I, this is the first year that I've actually like not watched any of it. Uh, I had some other stuff I was doing and just wasn't feeling it. Um and yeah, I just didn't watch it. Most <laughs> like the reason I'd watched in the past was either like the Puppy Bowl, the commercials, the trailers, yeah. things like that. Mm-hmm. But all that's available online. Yeah. And so I didn't need to watch the Super Bowl. I will say that I am glad the Eagles won, just because I have a lot of hashtag fly Eagles fly. I have a lot of friends that are Patriot fans, like on Facebook, and they are so fucking obnoxious. <laughs> um, and excuse my language, but like. One of the most annoying fandoms out there. Uh, just really, really obnoxious and blatantly so. And they really don't care that they're obnoxious. Man, we're going to get a lot of fans from New England at this point. I know, right? <laughs> Shut up. Uh, I did watch... Uh, I didn't watch all of it. I watched like the fourth quarter. Because uh, I, was, I wasn't feeling so well, but I happened to get a little second win to watch the fourth quarter. That was a great game. Uh, of course, I'm a sports fan, so I'll watch it. Yeah, say it was a great game. Go Eagles! Um, just, just for, uh, just for that game. Everything else, I don't really root for them. No offense, Eagles. 
Well, Philadelphia. It's a cool city. I mean, I can pretend to be a sports fan. Man, I hear that the Patriots just haven't been showing up in the second half <laughs> of the games for all of this year, and so it seems like the Eagles really deserve this one. All right, ignore, ignore. <laughs> or anything Mark's saying at this point. But the reason I brought up the Super Bowl is we'll talk a little bit about the ads that were aired. Um, overall, uh, like I said, I didn't watch the actual Super Bowl, but I watched all the commercials afterward because I was very interested in them. Because who isn't? Because there's usually some, some golden gems in there yeah, somewhere. Yeah, that's like a big thing. Yeah. Uh, overall, though, wasn't that impressed? That's what I've heard. That there were a few that were really good. The Tide spots were on <laughs> point. There were, there were no spots. I know. I knew you were going to pick up on that. Uh, yeah, they were they were on point. They were great. Uh, David Harbour just coming in and knocking that whole campaign out of out of the park. Uh, we'll go ahead and put some links to those in the show notes. One or two. Why not? Yes. Yeah. Why you not? Pick me up. Uh, let's see the Alexa ad. There was an Alexa ad in which Alexa lost her voice. That was also really well done. I thought. Um, it's flu season, man. Alexa, take care of yourself. <laughs> and then uh, a Han Solo teaser was yes. aired as well. Uh, and the full trailer was released um, earlier today. We're mm-hmm. recording this on a Monday, so it came out. Um, I was not very excited about that trailer. I think the teaser was actually better than the trailer. And so, like, I, I watched the trailer earlier today. And, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure. Uh, it'll be an interesting story because it'll be interesting to see, like, how Han Solo becomes the cocky smuggler. We all know. Mm-hmm. Um and there's a lot of interesting speculation about what's going on in the trailer with, uh, like, well, are we going to see when Han and Chewie meet, like, and how that life debt comes about. Uh, at the end of the trailer, it looks like they might be doing the Kessel Run, which is, you know, well spoken Part of. Part of the Star Wars lore. Yeah. Uh, and then, you always got to say this when you mention the Kessel Run, 12 parsecs isn't a time. It's distance. It is a distance. Mm-hmm. And the reason that's like impressive is because the Kessel Run runs close to a lot of black holes. So to get through it in that short of a distance means you flew very close to black holes. And so that's why a lot of people are speculating that's what's going on at the end of the trailer is just weird shit having to deal with black holes. Uh, some tentacles and, I don't know, stuff yeah. coming out of... Uh, it, was, it was a bit crazy, but... Yeah, I'm not completely sold on Alden... I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Alden Ehrenreich or something like that. Yeah. I'm, yeah just excited. Get... I'm just excited for Donald Glover. Yes. I'm just, yeah. Let's, that, let's go. That In the teaser. That mustache. He's, just, he's very stoic. He has the mustache. He has like that. Fur coat. That pip Looking coat good, on. man. Uh, it was solid. That, I th- he was probably the best part of the, the teaser too. Except that very crisp, clean Millennium Falcon uh, corridor too. Uh, that's It's nice to see it. Uh, not in trash can mode that it ends up <laughs> as later, but the fastest hunk of junk in the galaxy. Yeah, I uh, I felt like the trailer was just kind of cut together in a way because the the making of the film went under so much controversy. For those of you who don't know, um, the original directors toward almost the end of completion of filming left. Creative differences Creative is differences. the story. They weren't fired. They left. Um, and then Ron Howard came in to, to finish the show up, which he's a fantastic director. But in addition to that, casting coaches were hired. Yeah. Or, uh, acting coaches, rather. Oh. Uh, and acting coaches were brought on when Ron Howard was brought on, uh, which also doesn't bode well. Yeah. So I feel like they cut that trailer and they're like, okay, everybody knows who Han Solo is. Let's just try and 
cut some dialogue together that makes it sound like yeah Han Solo this is like Han Solo like he is yeah like it didn't give me a sense that we were gonna start somewhere and end up with the character known as Han Solo it looked like hey here's Han Solo as you know him already which didn't really yeah sell me too much and I guess that's part of like what I had heard was when uh, the two guys from the Lego movie were working on it originally uh they had wanted it to be the story of how Han Solo became Han Solo. And maybe that's where the creative differences came in and they shifted that focus. Was it like Lord and... Mm-hmm. Lord and Miller. Lord, Lord and Miller, Miller yep. Um, they also did... Um, they did a, they've done a bunch of good stuff. Yes, that's correct. Um, but yeah, so I'm curious to see like what happened with Ron Howard taking over and how they changed the focus of the movie. Uh, because I think people wanted to see how Han Solo became Han Solo. Like, there's parts of him at the Imperial Academy, uh, which is, you know, a known part of his backstory, but then he leaves, you know, he gets the Falcon, starts smuggling, meets Chewie, Lando, scoundrels, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Scruffy-looking nerf herders. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, well, I don't know. We'll see. I'm still going to watch it. It's Star- I'll watch all the Star Wars movies. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm not going to see it at opening night, but I rarely do. Oh, So yeah. I'll probably wait. Depends. I generally do. Yeah, I know. I know. You're a bigger nerd than I am. I am. With some things. Uh, but yeah, so that's just... All right, we're done with Super Bowl. We're talking, done talking about the Super Bowl. <laughs> so you guys can, you know, you can start listening again if you weren't interested in it. If that. you just zoned out. <laughs> They're like, oh, still? Yeah. I don't, I don't want to hear... I don't want to hear... I don't want to hear any more podcasts about sports. Uh, I just want something nerdy. You know. Uh, okay, Mark. Uh, take the reins, man. What we well, got a uh, video game wise going on? This I week? got something nerdy for you. Ooh. Oh yeah. Give it to me, real uh, nerdy. <laughs> so as Taylor mentioned, uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about was the God of War trailer that was just released last week. It's lit. It is. Along with that trailer, uh, they gave a release date, and it's releasing on April twentieth, uh, which is the same release date as that Nintendo Labo four twenty we spoke of last podcast. So it'll be a, an interesting dichotomy there of very creative children's uh, focused games and then ultra brutal, like God of War. Well, the parents, they, as a family, you go to Target. You pick up both. You pick up both. <laughs> you play Labo, and then you, when the kids go to bed, you, yeah. you play God of War. Play God of War. Uh, but the trailer gives a little bit more backstory on what's going on in this game. Uh, Kratos is a father, which they've kind of shown since the beginning of... Uh, the new God of War teaser trailers they've been releasing. And uh, his son, the the mother, dies. And her last wish was to be burned and then her ashes scattered on the highest peaks uh, of their realm. And it kind of gets into... Kratos' child is starting to exhibit some of his behaviors, uh, some of his rage... Uh, and just forcefulness because he is a god uh not of the realm he is in currently but a god nonetheless and so it's like this kid struggling within himself between his like godliness and humanity uh not even realizing that's what's going on because he doesn't realize he's a part god um and like kratos kind of taking on a mentor status uh raising his kid but also being Kratos and being a badass uh, and just murdering everything that gets in the way. 
<laughs> so the trailer looks very good. Uh, it looks to be a, a solid game. Uh, they've estimated 25 to 35 hours, which is pretty solid for an action type game. Uh, not overly ridiculous, but still enough that you feel like you're getting your money's worth for sure. Um, so that was really cool. That came out last week, that announcement. Uh, few other announcements that had come through last week. Uh, going back to Nintendo, I mentioned Labo and all that stuff. Um, but the Nintendo Switch has actually now outsold the Wii U for the Wii U's entire lifetime sales. And the Switch has been out for like 10 months. Damn. So that's uh, that's pretty impressive on its own. And we had kind of alluded to that in the last one, that that was uh, a benchmark or a milestone that they were coming up on pretty rapidly. But they have officially passed that benchmark now. Um, and not, I guess it's not really celebrating that, but they announced the launch of their uh, paid online service, which will be the first time Nintendo has had a paid online service. So online multiplayer will now be subscription-based, like the PlayStation Network and Xbox Live. Nice. Uh, the main difference... It's only $20 for a year, and you get kind of similar things to uh, PlayStation Network and Xbox Live. You're going to get that online gameplay. You're going to get subscription uh, discounts on titles by being subscribed, as well as a classic game once per month. And so they said uh, the titles mentioned for classic games were like Super Mario Bros. 3, Kid Icarus... And previously, they had mentioned a version of Super Mario Kart, uh, but with online play. So, expanded capabilities of their old titles, which is kind of neat. Um, so, that's kind of that. And then, just one last thing, uh, Sea of Thieves. I had mentioned that as being uh, something I was interested in coming up on our last podcast, I believe. And they had a closed beta uh, that if you had pre-ordered the game or signed up for the Xbox Insider program back in December, you'd received access to it for this trial run. Um, and Sea of Thieves, for people who don't know, is a pirate MMO, massively multiplayer online game, uh, made by Rare. And so, yeah, we had talked about that a little bit, and um, I actually sat down and played the beta. And normally I don't play a lot of multiplayer games, and I especially don't play them with random strangers because people on the internet are kind of assholes. Stranger danger. Uh, except not you. If you're listening to this, we love you. You're not an asshole. Uh, internet stranger. Popcorn nerds. <laughs> none, of our fans, just, none of our fans are assholes. I'm just winning all kinds of points, I realize. I'm insulting New England Patriots fans and then Damn. internet people. and This podcast you know, going to die so quick. I know. My bad. Uh... But Sea of Thieves was a lot of fun. Uh, basically, you start out, you choose what kind of ship you want to be on. You can have a four-person ship, a two-person ship, or a single-person ship. Um, and then it drops you into the world with you know, up to three other people, and you start going out pirating. Uh, <laughs> is, that, is that the Jaren form of pirate? Yes. It's, you can just do that. You can pirate. Okay. You can um, add ING to any word, yeah. really. I'm going to go sandwiching here in a yes, little bit. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, I, ch I, uh, I checked out your um, your Twitch stream while you were playing that beta. It looked, pretty, it looked like a lot of fun. Yeah. Like, and also, I could tell that you were like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. Like when it first started out, because apparently, I mean, you'll obviously, you can make this story up because it's your story. Yeah. But like, apparently you were the only one that had a microphone or something. 
I was the only one who didn't have a microphone for a while. Oh. Um, because again, not playing online games, I didn't really anticipate talking to people, but you kind of have to talk to people in this. Uh, we did have one guy on our crew who actually didn't have a microphone. I actually dug one out, eventually started talking. Um, one guy didn't, and he used the emotes and pre-typed messages in the game to pretty good effect uh, and was able to be successful in our crew. Um, but it, so it, it's you start off, you go and you buy uh, treasure maps, basically. You vote on which treasure map you want to go explore, hunt down the treasure, uh, the sailing, there's no waypoints like you would see in a traditional game nowadays. Uh, you had to have a map and a compass to make sure you were navigating in the right direction. Um, and the only kind of clue you had you were going in the right direction was if you were looking at the big map down in the ship, it showed a picture of where your ship was on the map. Uh, and then additionally, when you got close to an island, it showed a title of what that island was so you could match it up to the map to know if you were in the right place. And so you would go, jump off the ship, follow your treasure map, dig up the treasure, put that on the ship, and you could go and do a bunch of these in a row and potentially have a bunch of treasure chests on your ship, but then you run the risk of being boarded and attacked and people stealing your treasure. And that happened to me in a couple of different ways. There was one guy uh, with a silly fake Irish accent who was very... Uh, role-playing this game oh wait so an actual player that you were playing with not what i was playing with just that was randomly in the world also okay so technically i was playing with him but he wasn't on our crew okay but he wasn't a a generated character no he He was was an an actual actual person and so he was he was trying to do a fake irish accent yeah and so how did you know it was fake because it sounded fake you're about to insult i wonder i wonder if it's an actual irish person and you just insulted him too maybe <laughs> i'm just gonna keep the hits rolling here three and oh baby i know three and oh uh oh and three do we want to insult people no, i think you're at this point i think you're wanting to insult people <laughs> that's why i said three it's and not up. happening intentionally <laughs> uh i just have some some strong opinions not a whole lot but uh he boarded our ship and he and one of his crewmates were on there crewmate was completely silent uh, a guy kept talking to us, trying to distract us, and we turned around, and his crewmate had grabbed one of our treasures and was trying to jump over the side of the ship with it. What a jerk. And so we murdered both of them, <laughs> and we took our treasure back, and then we sunk their ship. Um, be- All right. Because the ships act as your respawn point, so when you die, you come back on your ship. Mm-hmm. Um, on the flip side of that, we had gone to town to drop off treasures, and on the way into town, uh, we were sunk. So we had no ship and we were marooned on the, the town island. Uh, while we were there, a guy was running up to drop off his own treasure. And so in classic pirate fashion, we murdered him. <laughs> we took his treasure, turned it in for ourselves, and then we took his ship. And so as I, men- as I mentioned... This game turned you into a savage real quick. <laughs> uh, it's the pirate's life, man. It's not for me. Uh, uh... <laughs> We took his ship, but he kept spawning back on the ship. So basically, we were like spawn killing him because he would reappear. We would kill him. We would keep sailing. But eventually, uh, you have the option to scuttle your ship. And so he waited till we were far enough from land and then scuttled his own ship. So then we were all like lost at sea and sharks ate us. Oh, damn. Uh, but it, like, it's a little experiences like that that are not scripted. They're not like part of the game necessarily. It's just part of the interaction you have with people in the game. Uh, and, it, and it was a lot of fun. 
Uh, like I said, even playing with random people. I hopped on and played with a couple different random people random times. They ended up adding me as a friend, and we played later, too. So, um, it's interesting. I'm just hoping when the game comes out, there's more content. Um, because it, it does get a little repetitive. Go collect treasures, bring them back, sell them, buy new treasure maps, repeat. Um... The interactions with the other player characters in the world do mix that up a little bit, but it seems like it would get stale pretty quickly if there's not enough content in the game. So far in the uh, the beta, there were only the two ships. Technically, the one person, one person and two person ships were the same ship, um, but you didn't have a whole lot of customization options over your ship. There weren't like abilities to buy more. The only thing that was really worth buying uh, was a blunderbuss. Because mm-hmm. uh, that actually had an effect in the game on your fighting other players. Everything a else blunder was, bus is a, is a gun. Yeah, it's like a shotgun. It's very spread, uh, bell shaped barrel on it. But the that's the only item worth purchasing. Everything else is vanity items, like a captain's outfit and a hat and things like that that don't actually affect the gameplay at all. So I'm hoping there's also either more ships or you hey able man, to, it can affect your swag factor. I know, right? Yeah. You got to be fresh, fresh to death. To death. With an F. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just hoping there's more content to it. Um, sure. But first impressions, I had a lot of fun playing it. Like I said, I don't normally play multiplayer online games, but had a lot of fun doing that. Um, so yeah, I had mentioned last time we had a podcast that I was excited for it, and I played it, and I was excited for it still. Uh, so good. Well, good. Good times. So, so when does that come out fully? That comes out March 20th. Okay. Um... I assume they're going to do an open beta to stress test the servers before the game comes out because all the betas so far have been closed. Uh, And even in the closed beta, there were still some connectivity issues uh, and lag and things of that nature. So I assume they're going to want to put a a legit stress test in and have an open beta. Uh, So I have some friends who said they would definitely play during an open beta, but they are very much against pre-ordering. Yeah, that's because you're taking the gamble because you're like, I don't know what this game is. True. But if it's from a producer or publisher that you know, uh, that you can generally be assured of the quality, I don't have a problem with it. Like, I know Rare. And, like, I guess in recent years, they haven't really made great games. They did, like, Connect Sports and stuff. Uh, Not up to their caliber that we talked about last time with, like, Diddy Kong Racing, Mm -hmm. Banjo-Kazooie, and things of that nature. Yeah, yeah. Um, But they make good games. And so I don't have a problem, especially since I like to play games. I don't have a problem supporting that industry and putting my money where my mouth is saying, Hey, you've shown this off. This looks interesting to me. I want you to make sure you finish making this. Uh, I do understand people's thoughts that, you know, they can make a shit game because they already have your money at that point. (laughs) Uh, And so like there, there's both sides of it, but I think most companies would be hesitant to just kind of dump a shit game. Uh, after they have a bunch of pre-order money because then you're one and done. Like people aren't going to trust you in that way again. Uh, and so it's interesting, but yeah, uh, those were the things that I had as far as gaming updates, uh, news and just a brief hands-on kind of impression with that sea of thieves beta. Very cool. How are the cookies? Oh, you want more? We still got more. No, I'm good. No, taste the cake. Moist. I'll do. I'll do one more. Yeah, yeah, you will. Cause, cause you're gonna eat the other one. Right? I am. All right, cool. 
Yeah, these are pretty good. Who made these? Alyssa. Shout out. Shout out to Alyssa. Thanks for making these cookies. Well, I found a hair on mine now, so maybe not. Well, that's probably dog hair because I put them in a container at home. <sighs> this was not her container. I know. Okay, so moving on to our movie TV review portion of the show. Um, as you can tell, we're super formal about things around here. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about The Big Sick. Uh, this movie's been out for a, for a while now. Um, came out back in July of 2017. Um, an Amazon, uh, Amazon Prime original. Uh, nominated for an Oscar for Best Original Screenplay. Uh, the synopsis, brief synopsis is Pakistan-born comedian Kumail Nanjiani which is, that's the actor, like yeah. he's in this movie, uh, and grad student Emily Gardner fall in love but struggle as their cultures clash. When Emily contracts a mysterious illness, Kamel finds himself forced to face her feisty parents, his family's expectations, and his true feelings. Um, I just want to say shout out to you for nailing that forced to face her feisty parents. You're like, yeah, I like that? That was good. You didn't think I could do that. I, I thought you were going to mess it up. You're but, a real jerk. But you got it. <laughs> you've, you've offended me also oh, in this four. podcast. 0 oh, 4. Yeah, I, I, I like to think you're aiming for 4 now. Um, but <laughs> this was, uh, see, so yeah, like I said, Amazon Prime original. Um, if you have Amazon Prime, I highly recommend checking this out, which leads me to my overall review of this movie and that it's really freaking good. Um, <laughs> I, there's not a scale for it really, but from my standpoint in a, in a world, in a world of movie and cinema where everything is very spectacle, mm -hmm. this was the best down to earth movie that I've seen in years. Like it it's super it's, simple. It's you, very relatable. Yeah. You could throw it in the romantic comedy genre, but it's, much more comedy than romance because like the, the synopsis indicates the romance exists for a little bit but then the character Emily um, who I'll get, I'll get ahead of myself the character Emily um, falls into some kind of mysterious illness coma type situation and so the romance between Kumail and her doesn't exist for almost the majority of the movie mm -hmm. because her character is not around that much to get into that interaction yeah um just a quick note, what makes this movie even more special is it was starring Kamel Nanjiani. He also wrote it. He co-wrote it with his wife, Emily V. Gordon, who is portrayed as the character Emily Gardner mm -hmm. um, by the talented Zoe Kazan in the movie. So this was written, this is a husband and wife script, Yeah, which is really cool. It is. Um, and I listened to a couple of interviews. Uh, one of them was on uh, uh, Fresh Air with Terry Gross and a couple others. Uh, they were on Harmontown together, which was interesting. They were talking about, you know, was, was it ever... Terry Gross on the mic? Yeah. <laughs> She's the talk of the nation. No, she... Childish can be no reference. Sorry. Sorry. Mark forced me. Um, he forced my hand on that one. Um, but the interviews were all about working with, with one another. And for the most part, it was... It was the worst and also the best. <laughs> and I was like, I could I could totally see that happening because you're working with somebody else on your own material, yeah. as it were. Um, and someone who happens to be very close to you and sometimes it's hard to find that divide between uh, your coworker uh, and the one you're in love with. So it's kind of hard to find that line, especially in this relationship uh, that these two have. Um, but like I said, this movie was great. Like. I laughed a whole lot. It had a ton of heart. Uh, it was Camille there, is charming. Like there was some not that I expected anything less of him because I always um, I love him on uh, Silicon Valley. Yeah, um, Dinesh. Yeah, and on a bunch of other uh, kind of character bits he does as well. 
Um, been on Community a couple times. Um, but yeah, just uh, Mark, what did you think about it? I agree. Uh, it was it what was, I know, right? <laughs> we'll get to something we don't agree on eventually. All right. Uh, but no, I, I absolutely agree. Like sitting down and watching this, like even though obviously I'm not uh, Pakistani, like it was very relatable in their relationships with their families, uh, like meeting someone and being interested and like having that kind of fall apart, but then like not, well, I don't want to get too far ahead because of spoilers. Uh, like I just, I found it very relatable, funny and down to earth uh, slice of life almost. Um, yeah. So I, I agree. I, I would definitely recommend this. Uh, if you have Amazon prime, check it out. Yeah. Um, and yeah, before, just before we go into spoilers uh, real quick, a couple of other outstanding performances in uh, this movie were Holly Hunter and Ray Romano playing yeah. Emily's parents. They did a killer job. Ray Romano was great. Yeah, yeah, Ray Romano was awesome. And like the funny thing is, is like Ray Romano and everything I've ever seen him in, he plays almost the exact same character. Yeah, and he nails it every single time like because the, I feel like that's got to be who he is. He's like the lovable doofus. Yeah, exactly. That's got to be who he is, and he just happens to fit in to a bunch of types within movies. Um, he did a great job. Holly Hunter, like I said, as well. Um, a really great cast all around from everybody uh, that was cast for Camille's side of the family, um, as well as Emily's. <laughs> Bo Burnham, that guy. <laughs> yeah, Bo Burnham shows up in there for for a little bit. Um, yeah, it was just a really great cast all around. And uh, Heather from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yeah, she was, uh, yeah, she yeah, was yeah, in yeah. there as well. She was one of the dates. Yeah, yeah, she was one of the dates that Camille was supposed to was supposed to go on because mm-hmm. his family's, yeah, traditional, <laughs> very traditional, um, whole arranged marriage type thing. Um, but on that note, let's go ahead and uh, get into spoilers for the big sick spoilers. I've been dating this girl. A white girl. It's okay. We hate terrorists. This was fun. Wait, we haven't even had sex again yet. I'm just not that kind of girl. I only have sex once on the first date. I'm just gonna <laughs> call an Uber. <laughs> your driver will be ready as soon as he puts on his pants. Is your bad Watch and learn, bye. Oh, gosh. I have to tell you something, bye. I've been dating this girl. She's white. A white girl? Hey, you can't look like you and yell white girl. It's okay. We hate terrorists. I'm guessing it's a young, single Pakistani woman. This is Zubeda. For your files, your X-Files. That's your favorite show, huh? (laughs) The truth is out there. (laughs) Are you judging Pakistan's next hot model? You know how we have arranged marriage in my culture? Oh my God, I'm so stupid. Can you imagine a world in which we end up together? Looking for Emily Gardner. She was checked in tonight. There's an infection. We put her in a medically induced coma. Coma. You should call her family. Thank you. Come on. We're gonna handle things from here. I think I'm just gonna wait anyway. You guys broke up. I'm not sure why you're here. I'm just gonna stay for a second. Is this seat? Okay. So first of all, other than the high praise we've kind of had for this movie, um, I really felt my favorite part of this entire movie was the dialogue. And yeah. that's kind of movie, this kind of movie is, has to be based on that mm-hmm. because plot wise, um, everything that happens in the movie is in the synopsis. 
So you have to try and find a way to connect all of these dots and that dialogue also helps you establish the connections between the characters and vis-a-vis the audience as well. So some of my favorite parts were the dialogue. Yeah, like for sure. When they they sleep together for the first time and she's about to leave and Camille says, "Wait, wait, we haven't slept together again." Or yeah. we haven't slept, slept together, we haven't slept slept together <laughs> twice. Yeah, we haven't. And she's like, "I'm not that kind of girl." Yeah, like we haven't even slept together again. That's what the line she's, is. She's like, "I have I have a strict uh what was it? A strict one time uh and a hand job." And he's like, "Well, I didn't even get that." Yeah. <laughs> Uh, then there's a whole scene where she like she's freaking out and she's trying to leave the apartment because she, <laughs> she has to take a shit. <laughs> I have notes on that. That part made me laugh so hard because they don't really like preface it. They have obviously like she's spending the night yeah. and she gets up and she's like running around the apartment. And you're like, what is she doing? What is she looking for? Mm-hmm. And then she's just like getting dressed, trying to leave. Yeah. And, and she's like, I want to go get coffee. I want to go get coffee right now. She's like, sometimes girls just go up in the middle of the night and go and get coffee. And he was like, well, I'll come with you. She's like, no. <laughs> And he's like, what is wrong? You're being weird right now. She's like, I have to take a huge shit. <laughs> and yeah, I lost it. That was one of my favorite parts of the movie. Uh, just that interaction. Because that's one of those things that like, if you've ever dated anyone, you have that moment where you're like, I got to poop in front of this person at some point. <laughs> that That's a level in a relationship. It is. There is. It is. It absolutely is. And, and then... Um... Whole, she, she's very upset they don't have any air freshener yeah or candles whole, yeah uh and also camille's interaction with ray romano is gold in yes. this entire in this entire movie um the joke about 9-11 which oh uh, that was in the trailer yeah it was it's in the trailer when i when i say a joke about 9-11 I, like i cringe anyway i'm like oh god yeah but no it's it's <laughs> it's it, really funny it was, it's something it about good. like camille Ray Romano yeah. asks, like, He's like, what did you think about 9-11? And I think it's this is funny. Awkward. I think this is funny because they're from North Carolina in the movie. Yes. And, and yes. so, like, yes. almost, well, and Ray's not, though, because he's from New York, and they mentioned that, but, right. like, they've been living in the South, and so he's very, like, socially awkward, almost, like, mm-hmm. too honest. Um, but, yeah, he's like, I've always wanted to talk to, you know, one of you about <laughs> 9-11, and he's like, what, like people? He's like, you've never talked to people about 9-11? Um, and they go this whole back and forth about that. And then he's like, so what did you think of it? He's like, Kamel is like, I'm anti. He's like, we lost 19 of our best guys that day. <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was at like a moment where uh, Ray and Holly Hunter, uh, Terry and Beth, right, are the, the parents' names. Yeah, um, are not expecting humor. This is yeah. like one of the first days they're there. Their daughter yeah. is in a coma. Beth does not like Kumail at all at this point because uh, the fallout between he and Emily has been very clearly explained. She's very honest with her family, mm-hmm. uh, tells them everything. So she's just very against him. But Terry's like, he's sitting by himself. He's fucking Steven Glansberg over there. <laughs> He doesn't say that, but that's kind of how I felt. Uh, and so, like, he invites him over, and they're hanging out. Um, and actually, this is an Apatow film, Produced. isn't it? Produced. Okay. Um, so, like, yeah, there's a lot of interesting uh, connection between Terry and Kumail. Uh, and it, it was good throughout. Yeah. Um, yeah, the whole... 
this this whole movie just embracing culture clash like dealing with uh Kamal being from Pakistan um Emily being I guess from North Carolina yeah um, and even addressing the fact that Terry is from a different culture than yeah that. well they a lot of that helps tie into the relationships and like a little bit of foreshadowing mm-hmm. where uh, when Kumail and Beth are actually bonding uh, after the scene in the comedy club and as they're talking he's like well how'd you guys meet like what's that story and she's telling him and she's like my parents hated him <laughs> uh, like he was the completely wrong person for me or whatever stuff like that she says and he's like well how'd you guys get through it she was like a lot of fucking awkward dinners <laughs> uh and so, like, there's some of that kind of foreshadowed in Kumail with his family uh, and Pakistani culture being uh, traditionally arranged marriages. Mm, yeah. Uh, and they, they rely heavily on that, which I also uh, thought it was funny. In one of the earlier scenes, uh, Kumail's like, there's a lot of ethnic material. It's kind of a crutch. But then, like, <laughs> this whole movie yeah. has a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was kind of funny. But... Um, yeah, like that, the whole arranged marriage culture and his family, you know, wanting that for him, but that's not what he wants. Yeah. And I mean, you run through the whole, the mom, Kamel's mom is running the roulette on different <laughs> suitors for Kamel. Like they're having a family dinner and like, Oh, oh they look, just showed up. Look who stopped by. Yeah. <laughs> look who showed up. Yeah. <laughs> just uh, this whole gambit of, uh. Hey, Kamel, look who's here. And he's like, hi, you know, whatever. Um, and the the glamour shots is kind of weird. Where they have, like, their profile attached to, like, a professional photo. Oh, yeah. There's, I mean, I think that's what, uh, obviously, out of the humor. Because, I mean, they're, the whole, that whole culture with the arranged marriage, like, looking, if you look at it from you're trying to write a comedy yeah. skit about it. It's basically like you're looking at resumes and lining everything up. Yeah. So that kind of played well. And then he eventually goes on the date uh, with Khadija, played by... That's her, right? Yeah, 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 that's yeah. her. Uh, played by Bella Lovell, who, uh, from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, um, where they kind of go on this date, and he, Kamel, then kind of realizes... Like what he actually has to do. I didn't even think it was a date. I thought he was just like taking her well, home. Okay, well, I, all right, yeah. Because okay, then she's so like, we should like hang out sometime without our parents. And yeah. he's like, I don't think that's a good idea. Well, I guess he thought, she kind of thought it was like an informal yeah. kind of date. Yeah, yeah, okay, I guess what you're saying. Um, yeah, want, they go I, on that thing. They go on that thing. I'll put yeah. thing in quotes. I want to know <laughs> if that, that $20 trick is legit. Oh, I don't know. He's trying. Yeah. <laughs> so in the, in the movie... Uh, Khadija like she asks for uh, a dollar bill from someone and they give her a 20 and so she draws sunglasses up on like Andrew Jackson's forehead folds the dollar bill or the 20 up sprinkles magic dust on it and then opens it back up and then the sunglasses are no longer on his head they're on his eyes and I'm curious I, I mean I assume it's not but I don't know you should try it why didn't you try it before you came over here? I know, right? I don't have a $20 <laughs> bill. Uh, oh. oh. Broke. Oh. Broke Mark. Um, one, of, one of my favorite moments, too, is probably the one of the more vulnerable moments, which is kind of just kind of how I roll. Um, when Kamel gets up there 
to, oh, on the stage. Yeah, to do stand up up there on the stage to do stand up. Um, and it's at, you know Emily's been in the hospital and it's like he's just getting to know Beth and Terry and Terry's kind of wanting to hang out ish. And Beth is like doesn't really care and he's like, well, I'm just coming to this comedy comedy club. Terry's like, yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll go, go to that. Yeah. <laughs> Kamel's a little mortified, like, oh, I didn't really expect you guys to come. Yeah, um, well, because he wasn't actually scheduled to perform that night. Yeah. He faked it to try and get out of hanging out with them, which comes up later. <laughs> uh, but that whole scene, yeah. Yeah, they get up there, and then he could, he just, Kamel, while doing his act, just kind of breaks down about his situation about Emily being in the hospital. Not at that one, he doesn't. Well, that's, that's what I'm talking about. The, the one where Beth and Terry go, he's just doing his stand-up like normal. That one's fine. It's, oh, it's okay. later... Uh, when they're talking about moving her, and then he goes to do right. his uh, Montreal okay. comedy set. Okay. And they call him right before he goes on stage. That's right. And uh, it does the thing like, hey, Kamel, it's Terry. Like, it's about Emily. And That's then, right. like, you hear, like, tinnitus, like an ear ringing sound. Mm-hmm. And he goes up on stage just, like, aghast, based, like, all flushed color. And... Yeah. Yeah, that was, that, was, that was a tough moment, too. Yeah. Like, oh man, because you don't even have to hear anything. No, you know what it's about. Yeah, exactly. And that's I think that's what's smart about oh, not just this movie, but a lot of movies is that so much can come across without anybody having to write anything specific yeah. into a script. The implicit things yeah. that are left unsaid, yeah. but that you know. Exactly. Uh, and it's it's I think it's more powerful that way mm-hmm. uh, because it's the details of it are kind of left to your imagination, but then you see the aftermath of it. Yeah, exactly. Cause you don't need to hear it again. No, you kind of just know. And I think the moment that I was getting at, um, was there was earlier on in their relationship at the first comedy show when Kamel gets heckled. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the then I Hol- told him to go back to ISIS. Yeah. And then Holly Hunter steps in a uh, Holly Hunter's character steps in to try and just, wants to knock the shit out of the dude that says yeah. it pretty much. Yeah. And I think that kind of, you know, that breaks down the wall. Too, yeah, that for sure. Like, okay, you know, these, I, Camille has nothing against these people, but he knows it's awkward, but here's something nice that they had done that they didn't have to do. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't even a, she wasn't even polite about it. No. <laughs> which <laughs> was great, which bit. was the best part. Uh, um, but I like how Kumail was up on stage trying to defuse the situation. Oh, yeah. Like, even, like, just... Like, he was in, just trying to like, continue on with yeah, the jokes. Typical yeah. comedic form. He was just like, oh, I'm going to play into this, but then move on from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was pretty good uh, setup for that, too. But then, one more thing about the... Uh, when he has the breakdown on stage and starts right. talking about, you know, she's in a coma and all these things are going wrong. Um, the night before was when Terry goes to his place and stays over. And Terry's giving the whole speech about... Uh, how he cheated on Beth and yeah. how he's like, you'll never know like that you truly love someone until you cheat on them. And, <laughs> and Kamel's like, wait, what? And he's like, sorry, don't listen to that. That was stupid. Um, but I feel like that phone call and that performance was like his cheating moment where he realized mm-hmm. how much he actually cared about her. Yep. Uh, and so I thought like there was a lot of just... Uh, juxtaposition there with those two scenarios where he didn't actually have to cheat on her to find out uh, yeah. how much he cared. That's very insightful, Mark. I know. I try sometimes. It's like you rewatched the movie within the past two days. I'm really excited. I hope... I mean, there's a lot of movies up 
there's a lot of great movies up for for Academy Awards this year, and I know Mark, you don't really care about them, but <laughs> I think it's one of those. I guess they're kind of like Grammys, and <laughs> that like if you win one, it's cool. If you don't, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's the Academy Awards. I put a little bit of. I put a little bit of stock in just because the caliber of the stuff that's up there is usually fantastic. Um, and I think overall, uh, this year too, um, they got a lot of things right. So I'm really rooting for them, uh, to get, to get the best original screenplay, um, award, which would be great to see Camille Nanjiani and Emily V. Gordon up there accepting the award would be would be really cool um you know i already won uh afi's movie of the uh, movie of year award that's nothing to sneeze at either um and i think i remember a while ago uh when uh Camille and emily were on the harmontown podcast they were talking about they were going around to um they're going to CinemaCon, mm -hmm. which is basically a convention for movie theaters movie theater owners interesting so you go there and you try to sell your movie to the theater so they'll play it and they're going there trying to pitch it and they're going up against like captain america and like all these other like big blockbusters are like well shit do you even <laughs> have to pitch movies like that like captain america people are you're gonna I mean, fucking I think, buy captain I, america i think it's more of like i think it's you know when you i have to do a little more research on CinemaCon, but i believe like your regals and your amcs are just like whatever we'll do it but it's like you're more your independent local and oh, maybe some Maybe some Alamo Draft House theaters. Um, gotcha. But something along those lines. Um, this, you guys should really check this out. Um, I think just pe people who like watching movies or people who like movies with heart, yeah. as cheesy as that sounds, will like this movie. Like it's you know there's there's nothing over the top about. It. Everything's extremely believable. The performances are fantastic. It's very grounded, um, and it's really really funny. Yeah, <laughs> I liked a lot of the interactions with the families too both kumail oh, yes. and his family and then kumail and emily's family um because i saw like a lot of my family in both of those kinds of setups where like i enjoy hanging out with my family and he became like that with emily's family where he truly enjoyed spending time with them towards the end of emily's sickness yeah um and that's kind of cool like that's something that i would look for in a significant other's family like wanting to spend time with them as well yeah. um and then just with his family and the weight of expectation mm -hmm. uh and things like that i thought that was interesting too and the one thing that stood out to me was when he tells them like he had skipped all those meals and they come to his apartment and then he finally tells them everything mm -hmm. and i thought it was funny that like the dad at that point was like well that and mom like you're being selfish what about us yeah <laughs> uh, like that was the first thing he's like you're being selfish what about what we want yeah um but i, I kind of feel like kumail's experience there too is a lot like a lot of our generation where like our parents are very traditional they have oh, yeah. these things uh that are important to them they know but like we're all trying to figure it out like it's not that we don't necessarily believe those things but we don't a lot of times know what we believe i think that yeah that's why it was so well received too because there's a whole conversation about like camille isn't necessarily i mean i i can't remember exactly what he says but he isn't he isn't muslim or he isn't as muslim as his parents want him to be yeah um and, and there's a whole conversation about that his mother gets really upset um and they're you know that's a, a whole thing about this gen the generational 
uh, understanding of trying, just trying to figure it out. And I think too, the way that the film clocks Kumel's um, relationship maturity and love throughout this movie is, it's done really well because there's the whole thing about him not telling his parents a damn thing about his love life. Yeah. And him kind of hiding this whole thing. And when he tells his brother after when they're at the batting cages mm-hmm. and his brother's like, mom will fucking ghost you. <laughs> oh, like that. He was like, I thought you were going to tell me you were like, uh, involved in a hit and run or like, uh, cash some bad checks or something, bounce some checks. <laughs> I forget what he says, like, uh, the bad things that he thought he right. did were, yeah. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. He, <laughs> the way, the way it clocks that progression of him coming to realize what he's doing and also realizing his faults in that is taking him so long to get to a place where he's comfortable with telling people that he's in this relationship. Mm-hmm. I think the film does a really good job and it's very realistic too. Like, you know, any one of us might be, watching this movie and be like, why doesn't he just tell them? But we've all been in a situation where we're not quite sure when we're ready to tell other people about a relationship. Um, and that just, you know, this, obviously this is a little bit hyperbolic, but this also based in true life. Like it's yeah. not, you know, it's not, uh, it's not necessarily ripped from the headlines, but it's not necessarily a complete work of fiction either. Yeah. Um, so I think this film did a really good job of that as well, which is another reason, like you said, makes it really, really relatable. Relatable, for yeah. sure. Which I think was hopefully... Hopefully what matters uh, to most people when watching movies is how relatable are characters that you are watching. Yeah, I watch Star Wars because I relate to those characters. You laugh because, I mean, some people laugh like, yeah, man, like they'll make your point. Like, yeah, I don't watch that shit because it's not really or whatever. But like there's different reasons to watch different kinds of yes, movies. But relatable in a way that you can understand them is what I mean. Okay. Yeah, okay. that's what I, I'm not saying. I'm not saying likable. I'm not saying like, oh, I've been in that exact same situation. I'm saying you have to, to understand characters. The best movies gotcha. have characters that you can understand. Follow their motivations. Yes, yeah, where they're coming from. Um, Star Wars is an example of that. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, so yeah, if you have Amazon Prime, check out The Big Sick. Um this is only our second review, but so far, glowing reviews from this side of the mic. I know. We've, we were two for two on agreeing on things. Uh, so I don't know if it's that'll last. It's all downhill from here. Naturally. Naturally. Uh, Marco, what are, you, what are you excited about uh, this upcoming week? Oh, this upcoming week. Um, the Shadow of the Colossus remake. Hey, turn up. Uh, you watched, I think you might have watched me play some of that. Yeah, yeah. Freshman year of college. I played a little bit of it too. Uh, stab him in the glowy spots. Uh, whoa, what? Whoa, whoa. <laughs> um, it's a, it's a very minimalist game. It's very beautiful. Uh, like, I think it was one of the first games that was, uh, considered like a piece of art in game form. Um, the whole aesthetic is very minimalist. You're dropped into this world where, your sister, girlfriend, wife, significant other, they don't really explain the relationship, is apparently dead, and you've heard this myth of a way to bring her back, and you're kind of doing anything you can to do that. And so the myth is that you have to go kill these 15 or 16 colossi to bring this person back that you love. 
and as you're going through, you realize, you know, something's not quite right, but you keep doing it because, you know, you want to save her. Uh, and it's just, it's a very interesting game. It's very cinematic. Uh, that was one of the first games that I sat and played where people would just be walking by and be like, oh, oh, damn, what is what is that? What are <laughs> yeah. you playing? Yeah, it was, it was gorgeous. Uh, and even more so now with this remake because it's been redone completely from the ground up for PS4. So 4K has photo mode where you can stop and pause things, filter them, That's move the cool. camera around. Like There'll be a lot of interesting uh, images to come out of this for sure, but... Uh, I'm excited about that. Technically, that comes out tomorrow, but that's uh, February 6th, depending on when this comes out. Okay, so. nice. Uh, cool. Yeah, that sounds like... Yeah, I've heard some good things about that, or at least just excitement about it. So yeah. I'm interested to see how it looks. Um, for me, this week, I'm probably going to finish watching Co- uh, Coach Snoop. <laughs> just to say it one more time. Yeah. Uh, also, I need to get into uh, Altered Carbon, which I've heard good things about. It just came out on Netflix. Too. I've been seeing lots of advertisements for it. Yeah, lots, lots of ads for it. Netflix is really stepping their ad game up because yeah. they had that old ad campaign with Bright and stuff like that. The, um, Altered Carbon, though, is out now. Going to check that out. I've heard uh, really good things for the most part, so I'm excited to uh, check that out. And on a sad note, uh, rest in peace to actor John Mahoney. Uh, probably most famous for his role as uh, Martin Crane, Frasier's dad on Frasier. He oh. passed away today, uh, Monday, February 5th. Um, he had an acting career spanning 60 plus years, both on stage and in front of a camera. Um, British born, but enrolled in the uh, US military when he moved here when he was in his 20s. I thought that was really cool to find out about him. Um, so yeah, sorry to end on a sad note, but he will be missed because his career was vast and his performances were always great nominated for multiple uh emmys and golden globes um so yeah uh but mark um where can people find you uh after the podcast is over uh as always you can find me on facebook at spiders corner games and that's spider with a y uh as well as on twitch instagram and twitter uh at spiders corner or spider one two five eight seven you should consolidate your handles I did at one point mm. with everything except Twitter, I think. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I'll think about it. You can search for Spider's Corner and you'll find me because okay. I've changed the, the names, if not the handles. Okay. So I'm still searchable uh, <laughs> okay. through that. Well, that's good. And uh, then spiderscorner.com also. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. Um, I have with the blog. I have the blog. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you Taylor, guys, Taylor, where can they find you? <laughs> you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tady Adams. Uh, please be sure to check out scrappedproductions.com where you can listen to this podcast uh, as well as check out many of our other shows uh, many of our other TV or other digital specials as well um, once again thank you guys for tuning in uh, we're just getting started here so any and all feedback is welcome if you want to leave us a review if you want to rate us that's also great if you want to heckle us on Twitter you want to slide into our DMs yeah just, just bring it on um, you but can, yeah, you can add us. You can add, add us. us. You yes. can definitely do so. Um, well, anyway, thank you guys so much for joining in, and yes, we'll see you, you guys much. next time. Take care.